quality Duralask brake pads and rotors in stock, ready for pickup or delivery. We also have calipers, brake fluid, tools, and anything else you'll need to do the job right. When you get Duralask pads and rotors together, you'll save 15%. It's just part of what makes us America's number one brakes destination. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same but is 95% cheaper and you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right, get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome. To the Giannato and Jeffrey show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter on X at jwright 929 espn In just a moment, Mark will join the program. We'll get his knee-jerk reactions from the weekend. Of course, the Tigers fall at SMU 106-79. He has a column available over at commercialappeal.com. Jason Munns will join us here at about 240 We'll get his thoughts on Tiger basketball, what he saw yesterday at SMU. Hour number two, Connor's going to rejoin the program. Excited about that. We'll get into the list, some other things from the weekend. But now let's welcome to the program the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist in the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee, a top three sports columnist in the state of Tennessee, barely tied for eighth, best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter on X at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. Oh, I wish this was a day I could say we were getting the band back together, but uh, I ruined that by uh-huh. uh, having kids and uh, pre- celebrating President's Day um, <laughs> and, having, and having no school on President. Wait, my, my son was asking me, who is pre- – I, I grew up – I want to say Wa- George Wa- – it's George Washington who we're celebrating today. But I wasn't sure. Like, I feel like it was also, was it like all the big presidents from the early era, if you will, like up to Lincoln that we're celebrating today, uh, or is it just George Washington? So originally the day was Washington's birthday. Okay. And that used to be February 22nd, no matter the year. Then okay. they started, I don't know if this has to go back to bank holidays or whatnot. In the 70s, they moved it to the Monday of Washington's birthday. I don't know if it was the state of Illinois, but somehow Lincoln's birthday got tied in. And, I mean, Jeff brought the stats out today. There's like 15 versions of what today is called. But it was always gotcha. it was always in the beginning. And then you never know. It's like, does it change because, you know, historically Washington owns slaves? Like, I never know. I, there comes a point where we start changing something so much that I never even know what we're what we're even talking about. Seems like to me they changed it in the 70s because people wanted a three-day weekend. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that seems likely. That's what it seems like to me. Uh, so, uh, well, happy President's Day, Jeffrey. Uh, thanks for holding the fort down. I'm looking forward to uh, Connor being back on the show second hour. But, uh, man, uh, you're talking to the idiot who put on social media before that game yesterday that he had a feeling the Tigers were going to win. That might, that might be my worst tweet ever. Like, honestly, it might, like, maybe not worst, but like most incorrect tweet ever might yeah. be my tweet yesterday. So here's the thing, though, because I think I texted you this before the game. It felt like, to me, it was going to be one of two results. It was either going to be a Tiger win or they were going to get run out of the gym. 
it felt like to me it's like they were either on quit watch or they were going to have the you know no apparent reason keep you keep you locked in well well i can tell the view i can tell the listeners cuz you texted me you guessed quit and i guessed no apparent reason win and yeah. you were correct yeah <laughs> and, and to be clear it's like i i don't want this to be like oh i was i was very to me it, i did not see some middle ground where like they would have a spirited you know last possession loss yeah yeah so um well it did feel like even though that was the you know, according to the metrics, the best loss they've suffered here of late. Um, it, it, it's safe to say, one, based on what we saw on the court, the lack of effort, generally speaking, from most of this team. Um, and then Penny just napalming them afterwards, uh, that this season has uh, is officially kind of circling the drain a little bit here. Um, maybe they can get it back together in time for the conference tournament, but... Sure, uh, I, I certainly wouldn't bet on it. Certainly wouldn't put out a tweet guessing that would happen. Though, because I was like trying to rack my brain. I can't remember at this point in a season when a coach goes to the, you know, throw the players under the bus and then that's... Well, to the... be fair, Rick Patino also did it yesterday. Right, but, but, but wouldn't you also... <laughs> are you betting on St. John's the rest of the way? I'm not talking about... No. We see, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, for instance, think about... Um, you and I talked about this during the fall. Remember when Narduzzi, when Narduzzi just lit it like he's like, yeah, we just like we're not mm-hmm. good. Like he lit the players. Pitt didn't get it back together. You know what I mean? Like, and yeah. so the question for me is, it's not like, do we ever see this? Yeah, we see this all the time. The question is, do we ever see it this late in the calendar, and then yeah. a flip, uh, you know, a switch flips. Yeah, because the last time it happened, something similar. Remember, remember that I was there because I was the beat writer at the point. This point, um, I believe it was the it was Tubby's last year. Who knows? The at, EC, the at ECU game, um, where knows? you remember he called. He said his team needed psyche, psychiatric help. Do you oh, remember yeah. that one? Oh yeah, yeah that that was that was the and it, when when I did further reporting and wrote about it, like that was the moment when the board of trustees or whatever. Yeah. I think board of trustees, what meant that's when they were sort of called individually and said, Hey, we're probably going to need to look into getting a new basketball coach. Um, it was that moment. I don't think we're there with Penny. Uh, I know there's some people like all up in arms. I think it's, if we're talking about knee jerk overreactions, like I think he's, I think he's earned another chance to like, do well, this the, right. Like to be clear, forget the like, basket. Forget the basketball product. This is what always gets left out of the equation on these types of you know emotional responses. The single biggest reason that Memphis had to move on from Tubby Smith was the amount of money that they were losing. Yes, and and to me, the real telltale of well, is this Penny Hardaway thing just totally off the rails? And like you know, it's you know, like this isn't going to work. Honestly, the story, the real story will be told this offseason in terms of what team he puts together next. That's when we'll know, both based on, you know, what the players are saying about the program and Penny Hardaway, and two, what the boosters are saying about Penny Hardaway and the program in terms of are they willing to pony up the NIL money to go put together a new team. Um, that, that'll be the telltale of, you know, where the program is at big picture. Um, obviously, this thing has just gone completely off the rails, though. And I think, you know, from a macro sense, Penny Hardaway deserves a lot of blame. He was the one who put together this team. He's the one, frankly, who I think has, you know, handled it pretty poorly when you really look at it in terms of the decisions he's made from a roster composition standpoint, both before the season began and once the season began. Um, you know, like even if you looked at that North Texas game the other day, even though they were pretty listless in that game, like, you know, they went, they came back after falling behind 18 four and you could point frankly to a distinct moment in the game where Penny put the wrong lineup in the game and they cratered and lost and lost the game by 10. And you could argue the 10 point difference was large, was literally from that two minute stretch where he had, you know, a terrible lineup in the game. And so you really could blame him. I watched that game yesterday, and again, from a macro sense, Penny deserves a lot of blame. Micro sense, watching that game yesterday, like to me, that was like on the players, and that—that's how I digested it. Is like 
you can you can talk about all the subs Penny did, and he he did start subbing, you know, seventy five seconds into the game, and played all twelve scholarship players before halftime, and played even played thirteen by the end of it with Joe Cooper coming in in the second half, but that effort was pathetic by that team, you know, and I thought it started with Quinterly and Walton and Penny didn't name them by name, but he didn't have to, you could see it. And it filtered on down through the rest of the roster. I mean, that first half especially was just pathetic, pathetic effort. Not, there's nothing Penny could have done X's and O's. Uh, I don't think personally like that to me, like I, that to me was on the players and this roster again, the micro sense, the macro, I do think Penny deserves a lot of blame for how this has gone down the tube. But if we're talking specifically about yesterday, I looked at that as more of a player thing. The players quit yesterday. And it was, you know, I hadn't seen something like, we've never seen a Penny Hardaway team lay down like that team did yesterday. That's, I mean, even the, I mean, I, I said this, I don't know if you agree with me. Remember, they lost by 40 at Tulsa in his second season. And yesterday felt worse than that. Like, much worse than that, even though they didn't lose by 40. Um, I, I'm curious what you think. I, I just saw it as a total, like, uh, to me, it was a really bad reflection on the players more so than Penny yesterday. They just gave in, you know. They they, they kind of they said, you know what, you know, we've been on the road two, three days. It's been tough go. We're done here. We're not even, like, they, it didn't even feel like, yes, the defensive scheme doesn't necessarily work for this group of players. Yes, he subs too much. Um, yes, you know, he has opened himself up to criticism by, you know, putting this roster together so haphazardly from a, you know, guy shuttling in and out up until in, you know, bringing back Jordan Brown and all that stuff. But I just saw, yeah, I, I, that's how I digested yesterday as like, man, that was pretty pathetic by those, by those players on that team. Yeah. My overreaction to yesterday was. For the 23-24 season, this is the end of, of this Tiger season. Like, I'm not saying mm-hmm. the end of the program, because I I actually think the the more you try to the more you try to assess and go like, where is the world of college sports going? Mm-hmm. I do think we're gonna start to see more frequently you're gonna see teams that just kind of out of nowhere have a bomb of a season. I just think it's gonna be yeah. more year to year, and that's that's going to be something that I think people are just going to have to come to grips with. Like, Gonzaga right now is on the outside looking in. Gonzaga. Yeah. Like, this is yeah. one of the most consistent basketball programs of this entire, you know, you know this entire this millennium. Era. Of this era. Yeah, like, yeah. What, however, era. You wanna, however you want to phrase it. And they're on the outside looking in, and largely kind of for the same reasons. You know, they end up having go to go into the portal, and the mix has not worked. And, you know, Mark Few has lost an assistant here and there. You know, he's got Tommy Lloyd in Arizona and he's a little bit more laid back. And, you know, maybe he doesn't maybe he doesn't run the tightest ship. And so you're starting to see those those issues. Well, look, he's got even like Gonzaga, Hunter South. I forget where he is now. But like that was a five star recruit. Ten, fifteen years ago, that guy is cool sitting on the bench for two years at Gonzaga. And then becoming a star his junior and senior year. In this era, he's not. You no, know, like, and, and like you know, there's an argument like Creighton and Gonzaga kind of flip rosters to a certain degree. And it's like both schools probably would have been better off keeping their guys. And, and you know, it's it's not worked that way. But to me, what I felt like I've been on like I've been I feel like in my lifetime I was. I had a good mix of I played on good teams, I played on bad teams, and I played a kind of like mediocre team. So like I feel like mm-hmm. I I have a pretty good sense of what each team looks like. This to me has been a team for the last few weeks that's been looking for kind of a reason to quit. Mm-hmm. And to me, yesterday was the moment that I'm like, I, I think I know what this is. Yeah. No, I mean it gave me flashbacks to the you know, another tub, that first tubby team that lost by 41 at SMU. Now, that was the last regular season game. But, like, that, remember, it was like, it was, you know, players were laughing on the bench, and you just knew, you're like, okay, this team's quit. Like, I'll never forget the next week they played in Hartford, and I knew one of the UCF assistants really well. Yeah. They were playing UCF in the opening round. 
And he came up to me before the game, and he's like, man, he goes, this is my scout. And he goes, I'm really worried. Like, y'all lost by 40. You're going to come out, guns ablaze. I go, you don't need to worry about that. Need, I don't think you need to worry about this crew. I think, I think they've cashed their chips in, and they ended up losing by 30 to UCF in that game in Hartford. And, um, and that's what it looked like yesterday. It looked like, and, and it's more appropriate now than whatever that was, six, seven years ago. Like, it looked like some of those players – we're getting a bunch of money through NIL. Had you know, they got most of their checks already. You know, and like they cashed them in, and they, you know they're ready to move on. Um, it was, you know, and it was sad. And it was sad. I felt bad, honestly. Like I felt bad for Penny Hardaway because you can. He's got all these flaws, but that guy cares a lot about the school and about what he's doing. And he's a competitive guy. And like he did not take this job. Like you saw it in those in the clips and the quotes. Like. He was hurt. Like, yes, he was angry. I think he was also hurt, you know? Cause I, I think, think he was also guy... embarrassed. Yeah, I think embarrassed is right, too. Because, like, again, we've never seen a team quit like that. A Penny Hardaway team quit like that team did yesterday. We've never seen that before. They've had flaws. They've been bad. They've never quit on him. And that team looked like it quit on him yesterday. Um, and there's, gonna, there's a lot of soul-searching he's got to do because of this season. Because... He's going to have to put together next year's team with a lot of transfers again. There's just no getting around it. The way the route he has chosen, once you choose it and you go all in like he has the last two years, it is hard to then reverse course. Like it's going to take a couple years if you want to, like, you know, hope maybe you can keep a few of these guys, you know, the Jonathan Pierre's, the Carl Sharon Fon, obviously his son Ashton, you know. But, like, the reality is, even if you keep all three of those guys, you're still going to have to go get, like, seven, eight, nine guys out of the portal. And you got to get more guys. You know, like, I don't know if this is easy, but, like, he did. It felt like he hit the right mark, even though at times last year he would get a little frustrated because the team, frankly, wasn't quite as talented as some of his other teams. Like, it felt like when you looked at who they got out of the portal last year, they hit the right mix. Like Kendrick Davis, obviously, not only was a star, but was like a star who like very easily adopted the Memphis ethos, the the city's team, you know, whatever, you know, the, the thing Penny, you know, playing for the city. And then I think it helped that he had played in the league for three or four years, so he had like a built-in both respect and sort of like hate for other people and teams in the league that I think helped throughout and then obviously you had two guys in deandre williams and alex lomax who were really good kind of pillars for what like what we're all about at memphis but then you had like elijah mccann yeah elijah mccann you know on paper not as good as jaquan walton i'd much rather have elijah mccann than jaquan walton you know um even like you know the, the closest thing you had was like keontae kennedy was like kind of you know it seemed like aloof at times, at times yeah i'd agree yeah, yeah, but, like, um, I'm trying to think who else was on that team. Now I'm, like, blanking. I mean, like, KO didn't work out. Like, I think what last year's team showed is, like, if you hit on the right two or three transfers, it, I'm not sure you can develop a national title contender that way, but, like, you can get back to where – they can get back to where they were a year ago if he just hits the portal, like, gets the two or three of the right guys – this time around. This time, it feels like, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it feels like he got like one and a half. David Jones, and then like, you know, at times, Quinterly's been good. At times, Jordan's been good. Walton's been a dud. Obviously, Caleb Mills got hurt, and, you know, um, that changed some things. Like, it just, it it felt like, you know, it, it felt like he needed to hit on, you know, if, if he had just, if Caleb Mills stays healthy, they're probably, again, I don't know if they're clicking like they were at the beginning of the year, but they're probably stabilized enough to make the tournament. You know, and if, you know, I, I, I don't know what to say other than I don't think this is a total loss cause long term. Um, but I do think Penny needs to do some real soul searching. If he wants to actually develop a program that's top 15 in the country, like, he's got to do things differently. He's got to team build better. He hasn't done it really. It's not been his strength his his first six years on the job. is like getting a team to come together um, quickly 
And, you know, that's what he's going to have to do if he's hitting the portal. And it felt like he came close to it last year. And I was thinking about it today. Like, how differently would we be talking if that team had gone on the Sweet 16 run last year like it could have? Don't you think we'd be talking a little bit differently right now if they had done that? Because I think the way they bombed out in the tournament with that close loss to Florida Atlantic – like it kind of changed how you remembered that season. Correct. They never Whereas that it, team never lost consecutive games. They win the they win the you know they win the conference tournament. You know it, it was a successful it was a successful season. The way that it ended probably overshadows everything that that team actually accomplished. But, but I think they were pretty close to being a de- like a good like. That was it. Like I said, I thought that I I thought that was a good coaching job by Penny last year, and it's why I'm not like in this camp of like, you know, this guy can't coach whatever. Like I saw him coach last year, I saw it, and uh, I don't. I, I think he can recapture that. Now, can he get well, this uh, program? Go, go, let, let, let me let me yeah, jump in ahead. here because this is. I, I do agree with you, but what I think needs to be the key with whatever we're calling this rebuild, reload. I have no whatever it's going to be. There needs to be an emphasis on leadership because I think one thing that that is apparent to me as we are sitting here in year six, if a team is dependent on Penny building the team, the the identity and, you know, the, the foundation, if you will, well, that's that's playing with fire because like we talk about that team last year, like that team was largely Kendrick, who you said, like, you know, that guy's a leader, and and, and the wor- the worry is is like is that a you know was that a once in a generation portal get you know you got the number one transfer in the portal, and oh by the way he happens to like be perfectly suited for this program in this city. And then on top know? of that, like you also had the you had DeAndre, and so like yep. you you have those two pillars, and then you you filled it in with elite role players like Lomax and. It was almost like all of those identities came together. Well, the problem with well, this— and everyone, and everyone seemed—you know, he said it's hard, been hard to keep this team happy. Wasn't that hard to keep that team last year happy? No, but, like, I think that's kind of the other problem. It's like I understand why it's hard to keep a team happy because you've brought in too many guys. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, like in the end, I, I think the key with, with next year is— you can't just bring in a bunch of meh guys and then be like, well, we'll figure it out. Like, it seems to me like there needs to be targeted guys, and maybe you don't bring in nine. You don't bring in ten. But maybe you bring in four or five, and then you figure out the right mix. Because the biggest problem that I see right now, it's it's almost like I feel like the credit card bill has been piling up and piling up for the the lack of an identity because this is kind of the biggest question I have it's like what is what is the the Memphis basketball under Penny Hardaway what is the identity it's like well, previously think, it'd been I kind think, of like defense and whatnot but it's almost like it just kind of adopted a team but I don't know like what the foundation is yeah I actually think they have an identity that Penny wants he he's got a better recruit to it like he recruited a team that could not play the way he wanted to this year um, and, but I do think it's, it, it is, it is going to be really interesting how he built this because like, there's no DeAndre walking through that door right now. Like it's going to be a similar dynamic. It feels like to, unless like David Jones returns, which seems really unlikely given what, how this is going down the tubes. And frankly, like his draft stock will probably be never will never be higher, even though he has a year of eligibility. Like he's not gonna. It's gonna be hard to replicate the type of year he had this year. Um, like you're not gonna like who's gonna be. There's not gonna be a foundational piece to build off of. I mean, like you're gonna you know the closest thing you're gonna have to a veteran is like Jonathan Pierre, I guess. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's a guy who's playing. Deep See, like ball. this is this is kind of the same point that I'm making. I don't think there's a program foundation, a program identity. It's almost like the identity is established by whatever players you get, and it's it, it's like okay, but you know. Well, I think they have. I mean, the identity is they're going to be a pressing, trapping team that creates havoc and causes turnovers and makes you uncomfortable, makes you make plays 
on offense. And offensively, they're going to run a pick-and-roll heavy freedom, you know, like I'm going to play an NBA style, and that's how, you know, that's how he lures guys here as he goes. And, like, to be fair to him, like, I haven't seen anyone hurt their draft stock coming here, really. And if anything, like, he's, he is getting guys to the NBA or, like, you know, the professional level. Um, I mean, I guess but, you could say Amani, but I, I don't I don't think that's really fair to Penny. Like it, that wasn't a mo- that that wasn't a Penny's fault. Like, yeah, you know and he's I mean? still in the G League right now. Like, I mean, like ultimately he's playing professionally, making money playing basketball. But like David Jones is going to end up leaving here, having improved his stock, you know, as a professional basketball player. Um, you know, Kendrick Davis. You know, I don't know if he did or didn't. He felt like he just kind of stayed the same. You know, um, but you know, Duran didn't hurt. Didn't seem to really hurt his stock here. Um, Wiseman didn't seem, you know, he only, he only played three games, but he played for Penny for, you know, multiple years before that at the high school in AAU. But no, and I think Penny's got to do some soul searching, though. In ter- it's sort of what you're talking about, though, in terms of is this the right identity? You know, if I recruit something else, do I, you know, how can I adapt? Frankly, like, how do I get a, you know, like, how do I get some continuity in the program, whether it's both players and staff? Um, and you know, like ultimately he's got to look in the mirror and admit he, like he played a big role in this too. Like the player, I think, I think he's right. He's got a bunch of selfish players, but like, you know, what, what's the thing from remember the Titans attitude reflects leadership, you know, (laughs) like, um, and you know, like, let's just be real. Like he, you know, this season, you know, he did not do it. He has not done a great job. You know, especially over the last month, month and a half. Like, part of a coach's job is to be able to stop the bleeding, and he has not been able to stop the bleeding. Um, and, you know, it doesn't feel like he corrects, you know, a lot of the things that have gotten him into trouble in games. You know, the, the, the you know, like yesterday, even yesterday, I mean, early in the game, you switched the starting lineup to Malcolm Dandridge back in the starting lineup, which is fine. Like, you know, you wanted to, they're a really good rebounding team. Yeah. You wanted to get your best rebounders in. A minute and 15 in, a minute, one minute, 15 seconds in, he went back to Naquan Tomlin and, and Jaden. And it, it was like, you know, you, you got to have some conviction. Like, if you're going to play an NBA-style offense like he, he wants to play, like, maybe it's time, you know, I don't necessarily think this is the right move. Like, I would much prefer him just pick eight guys, to your point, get four or five guys out of the portal, and you got eight or nine, and... You know, you just roll with those guys, and if, you know, like you, you kind of cross your fingers, you don't suffer a major injury. That's kind of what most teams in the country do. Um, but if he really wants to play all these guys and all that, like if you really want to play NBA style, well, NBA coaches don't just willy-nilly sub guys in and out of the game. Like Taylor Jenkins plays 10 guys, but he like all the guys know when they're going to come in and who they're going to play with and things like that. And so like, if you really want to do this style – like, you need to change your substitution batters. You need to pay attention more to what lineups actually work and don't work. Don't just, like, he played Jordan Brown and Malcolm Dandridge together yesterday after it failed miserably the game before. Like, what are we doing here? Well, and then it's and also, I, it's know, like, it's very tough to square away with the, well, the, the game plan was perfect. If it was so perfect, why did you stick with it for 75 seconds? Yeah. No, and, and so, he, like I said, from a macro sense, He's the he he. A lot of this falls on Penny's shoulders. I think yesterday though was was all the players that that are like a lot of just the players kind of giving up, which you could in a macro sense also blame on Penny because he is the coach. But um, just not a great not a great uh, not a great moment for the program. And uh, you know, I mean, for Penny, I, I, like I said, I don't think it's. Um, I, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't necessarily uh, give up on him, but he's at you know as I said a few weeks ago, if this team doesn't make the tournament, doesn't look like they're going to make the tournament. It's a terrible look for him as a coach. No, the thing that has been so difficult to square for me is this team. This team, like I get it. There's no Caleb Mills now, but I also think like it's somewhat of a unknowable answer. We're, I can't be certain that this team wouldn't have gone through the same type situation with Caleb Mills. You know what I mean? Like, we, we don't know. What I can't square is that this team was 
ready to go when the season started. Mm-hmm. And now they look like they do. That's And it's not even just like, oh, you know, smoke and mirrors. Some of those wins aren't good wins. I don't know how you can watch this team and say this is the same basketball team that we've been wa- that we watched in November and December. Like it, it's just not. What I can't square is where did it go south and like how did it go south so quickly? Well, tell me if you. This is what Penny said yesterday, and I think it. I can jive with some of it. He basically described it. He's like, we're talking about two teams here. The team, he, the way he phrased it was. One team went 13 and two, and the other is seven and six, which right off the bat was kind of weird because that's not the right record for the team. They're 18 and eight, I believe, right now, and that adds up to uh, 20 and eight. But um, so maybe he's predicting two home wins this week. I don't know. Um, nonetheless, his point was we we racked up all those wins early because when Caleb Mills was healthy, we could play small. We could go Quinterly. We could go Quinterly Jones, or, excuse me, Quinterly Mills, Walton, and then put David Jones as a small ball four, and no one could defend him. Um, and it created all sorts of mismatches. That, that's his point. And then he goes, and, and then this is the part that I can't really get my like. I can agree with that. Like you know, like losing Caleb Mills lost you a lot of your lineup flexibility. I can I can go along with that. The part I can't go along with is then he goes, and then we have the second team where, you know, we didn't have Jordan Brown and we brought in Naquan Tomlin and, you know, we lost Caleb Mills. And it's like two of those three things were your decisions. You know, like your deci- it was your decision to bring Naquan Tomlin here. It was your decision, even though the team initially didn't want to, to bring back Jordan Brown. And so, like, you know, like, and then, you know, and, and then to your point, like, I don't know. I mean, Caleb Mills is a good player. You know, but like I, I find it hard to believe, having watched all those games early in the year and seeing like Caleb Mills had a good impact on those games, but like to me, a season shouldn't just completely crater. Like it's one thing to go from like, oh, you lost Caleb Mills and you went from being like a title contender to just a tournament team. Well, it's you like know? last last year if they when they didn't have DeAndre Williams, they were a worse team. If they would have lost Kendrick, like, sure. Remember they lost Keontae Kennedy? They lost, lost like, a starter. They lost Keontae Kennedy, who was, like, I mean, probably not as good, quite as good as Caleb Mills, but, like, a starter for that team last three weeks of the season. That team didn't just crater. You know, they went and won the AAC tournament. Um, And um, so, like, to me, it'd be one thing if they went from, like, being a, you know, being, like, what they were, a top ten team in the country, even though, you know, obviously that was, like, totally uh, inflated, but if if Caleb Mills gets hurt and you go from being a top 10 team in the country to back being like, okay, they're like an eight or nine seed again. Like that would make sense. Going from a top 10 team to like completely floundering. That's not one losing one player. That's, that's just not, it's just that that doesn't work like that. Like, uh, and, and I don't think it's necessarily one thing. Like Penny was asked, like, when did this turn? And he said the South Florida loss. But, like, I think it's a lot of things. It's the South Florida loss, the way they lost that game, you know, really exacerbated their chemistry issues. It's the decisions Penny made with the roster in season. It's the Caleb Mills injury. It's, frankly, you know, just like the general uh, <laughs> vibe, the, the NIL vibe now, where, like, the reality is, like, two weeks ago, Penny was, like, kind of chastising the media. you got to realize these are just kids. These are still kids at the end of the day. It's like, no, they're not. Like, they're not. This is an old team of guys who are making a bunch of money to play for the University of Memphis. It's not, these are not kids. I'm sorry. And, you know, and so there's a lot of things that it feels like have gone into this. Um, And they all kind of come back to, like, ultimately, and it's been, you know, a problem for Penny every season at various points. Like, he's not great at the attention to detail stuff. Like, he's just not, and that stuff adds up over time. Um, and, um, you know, and then, you know, and again, and then you end up with a situation like yesterday where, you know, a, a bunch of players just folded up shop, it felt like. Um, and, again, I felt bad for Penny um, because I do think he cares. Um, but he's got to make some serious – he's got to do some serious soul-searching over whether it's the rest of the season or really uh, – but really I'm focused on, like, the off season. 
in terms of who's he bringing into the program, when's he bringing him into the program. Like, I do not want, like, I would not sacrifice, to me, I'd be aiming to get someone, I, I wouldn't do what I did. he did this year, where, you know, yeah, it was great in the moment when you went and got Jaquan Walton right when school started, and, you know, Naquan Tomlin right before the winter break, or even, you know, like, Quinterly and Brown didn't, sh- you know, they showed up right before the, the summer trip to the Dominican and David Jones didn't show up until the first, like I'd be, I'd be prioritizing transfers who I can get on campus by June. And like, I, I, like learn from what you've gone through here, two of the last three years where chemistry and like, frankly, his own lack of sort of, it feels like lack of like, um, I, I'm not administration in the locker room, but just authority in the locker Program room. Program like, identity. Like, there's no foundation. Yeah. yeah, like, he needs to get guys in here early. And if it if it's at the sacrifice of some talent, so be it. We've seen what it looks like with a bunch of talent now that that uh, that isn't properly put together. And so um, a lot of lessons to be learned from this season. That's what it sure seems like. And, um, I mean, yesterday was – I and mean, that was the worst. That was the worst game since the Tubby era in terms of like just how you felt, right? In the, in the feel that way. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I I don't even know like how to categorize. Like they it, lost by forty in his second year, but it was still just his second year, you know. And it was kind of it felt in the moment bizarre that they lost by forty to Tulsa. Um, and you know they were young. You know, it was a bunch of eighteen, nineteen year olds on that team. Um, that yesterday just felt so much worse. And like I said, I just kept thinking about the SMU game I covered Tubby's first year, uh, where they lost by 41. And frankly, Tubby didn't get fired after that game, but it was never the same after that. That's for sure. It, it was all, it was, he never really recovered from that. Mark, we appreciate it, buddy. All right. I'll see you in the studio tomorrow. That is Mark Giannato. When we come back, Jason Munns joins the program. Let's get his thoughts on everything going on. Going around Tiger basketball. We'll do that next right here on Giannotto and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can over think what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply at the ups store we know this upcoming holiday is when things can get busy for small business owners exactly my to-do list and i don't take days off that's why you can count on us to be open and ready to help with every small business need whether it's packing and shipping or if it's just to check your mailbox that's almost everything on my to-do list and I can take the day off. Woo-hoo! Your local, the everything to help you be unstoppable store. The UPS store. Be unstoppable. The UPS store locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours may vary. See center for details. My friend and I are taking a trip to Mexico this year, but neither of us speak Spanish. So we downloaded Babbel and started learning Spanish fast. Want to start getting conversational in another language in as little as three weeks? Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons were designed by language experts to be the most efficient and effective way to learn a new language. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? Babbel, language for life. Celebrating 10 million subscriptions sold. Go to Babbel.com and start learning a new language today. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. This year, Dell Technologies wants to help you do amazing things with their best tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, powered by Intel Core processors and more. Plus, curate your dream setup with great deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Dell.com slash deals, you'll have access to leading-edge technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Again, that's Dell.com slash deals. As a mom, comforting my family is what I do best. Vicks Paper Stick provides soothing, non-medicated Vicks Papers in an easy-to-apply stick. And it dries fast, so there's no mess. I use it to comfort myself (sighs) and my family. (sighs) 
Thanks, Mom. Vicks VapoStick, soothing comfort for the whole family. And when you need more comfort for yourself, try Vicks Vapo Shower for steamy Vicks Vapors. Use as directed. VapoStick for use ages 4 and up. Vapo Shower use for adults only. I'm John Morgan of Morgan & Morgan. Today, we're the largest injury firm in the world, and I'm thankful to you for trusting us all these years. We'll always be here for the people, not the powerful. We'll always be here for you. Morgan & Morgan. Visit ForThePeople.com for an office near you. So I just saw that the Majestic Grill was voted the best place to hold a rehearsal dinner. Didn't surprise me at all. The Majestic Grill is historic, it's elegant, it's right there on Main Street, and it has an attentive staff and spectacular food. So the Majestic Grill is not only a great place for a rehearsal dinner, it's a great place for any private or group event. If you're interested, contact the Majestic Grill on their website, and their dedicated events manager will be in touch. It's the Majestic Grill, and it's the place for rehearsal dinners and everything else. Right downtown at 145 Main. At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. If you have a commercial building with a flat or metal roof and you think it needs replacing, don't do it. Roofs on commercial buildings cost a fortune and can cause downtime for your business. So what's the alternative? Call Joe Stallnaker or Donnie Spence at 901 Roof Coatings, and here's why. They can restore your roof with a quality roof coating system instead of replacing it, which will save you about 70%. The roof coating systems come with up to a 25-year leak-free warranty, and it's energy efficient because this product reflects the sun instead of absorbing it. It could save you up to 30 to 40% in energy cost. That savings over time can actually pay for your new roof coating system. So why wait until there's a leak and damage is caused? Now is the time to make the call because it's the off season. That means even more savings to you. Book your job by March 1st and you'll receive a 25% discount on a complete roof coating system. Call Joe Stallnaker or Donnie Spence today. 901-287-1923. Once again, that's Joe Stallnaker or Donnie Spence today. 901-287-1923 or visit 901roofcoatings.com. Hey guys, it's Howie at Robert Irwin Jewelers and I want to give you a tip. If you need a gift and you don't have any you gotta get diamond stud earrings it's the little black dress of jewelry get to robert irwin jewelers five locations or online at rijewelers.com all 650 acquisition v4t re72812 msrp215920 sorrento pg242710 msrp33010 telluride rg462822 msrp38705 includes all rebates and incentives must finance through hyundai excludes tax online license see dealer for complete details offer valid through 229.24 with approved credit dealer stock only hey jeff allen you ready to get this party started in gossip key of south mount mariah you bet i am randy Goss has got your new Kia that gets 41 MPG Highway. 2024 Kia Forte LXS, $239 a month. $27.99 due at signing. Need extra room? How about a 2023 Kia Sorento LX at $319 a month. $34.99 due at signing. And a 2024 Kia Telluride S all-wheel drive, $459 a month. $34.99 due at signing. All 36-month lease. Plus, get peace of mind because with every Gossett Kia, you get a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limit. Warranty. So whether you live in Horn Lake, South Haven, Olive Branch, or Memphis, you'll be happy, happy at Gossip Key on Mount Mariah. 2680 Mount Mariah or online, keyamountmariah.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies based on product and subscription plan. Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95% cheaper? 
and you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash joy. Through hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit, himscom slash J-O-Y. Hey, any big plans for today? Yep, checking out Target's four-day sale. Oh, for what? For scoring 20% off. For 20% off. For everything you need for spring. 20% off tees, jeans, and shoes. Even select bedding, bath, storage, and more. Wait, for real? For how long? Four days. That's the name of the sale. Target's four-day sale. Ah, the four-day sale. Count me in for sure. Don't miss Target's four-day sale. Ends Monday. Restrictions apply. See Target.com for details. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network. Only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Jason Munz is the Tiger basketball beat writer for the commercial deal. You can follow him on Twitter on X at Munzley. Joins the program each and every Monday. Munz, what are we listening to? Uh, I thought it was the right time to to pull out the Nickelback. It just feels like a Nickelback. It just feels like the last month has just been nothing but Nickelback. So this is flat on the floor off of their uh, early 2000s album, The Long Road. When did you get the sense that this season could go this way? I would say uh, in Denton, Texas, last Thursday. Yeah. Um, even even after the four-game losing streak, the, the blow in the 20-point lead at home against South Florida, which has turned out – I mean, you know, you, you, no team that has, an, that has NCAA tournament aspirations should ever blow a 20-point lead at home to – Really, anybody uh, in a sec in the second half. Um, but as it turns out, South Florida is pretty darn good. Um, and nevertheless, uh, then you know the Tulane, uh, Memphis's own personal house of horrors, losing there. That's that is what it is. Um, uh, a stinker at UAB, um, and then of course the uh, Rice. Maybe I don't know. Maybe the Rice loss. Maybe, but again, after they lost four in a row and they they uh, they pull out the win at home against Wichita State, go on the road and beat Temple, um, look really good in the rematch against Tulane. I, I, I you know, I was I was uh, at that point. I did not think I would see anything like what I saw um, during their during the Tigers' trip to the Metroplex in Texas. Um, and so I would say really legitimately the first time I thought this could be what we'd be talking about today was Thursday. Could you sense like pregame or when the game started, vibes were weird? Thursday or, or Sunday? Yesterday. Uh, no. Nope. It was, I actually was, uh, you know, kind of paying attention to, um, to, to like how things were going during stretching and, and everything yep. else. And it looked, it looked, they looked loose. Um, they were smiling. They were, uh, they were, they were engaged with one another. Um, I, I did not get the sense that it was a, a type of loose, like, I don't care what's going on. I don't care, uh, whatever. So no, I, I did not. I did not get the that vibe off the team before the game. But um, it did not take long after the game had started 
for that vibe to permeate throughout Moody Coliseum. No, and I, I think I think when we think back to it, because I had asked Mark on Friday, why did the North Texas loss feel the way that it did? Because yeah. it, it just had the air of what a gut punch. And I think you're right. If you go back and you consider, it's like, okay, everybody had everybody had said, okay, we can acknowledge what's happened, but here's a here's a second chance. And here's mm-hmm. a kind of a a new third of the season and let's roll. And I the weird thing is because I'd mentioned to you last week, I wanted to see what they looked like when they got punched in the mouth. Well, North right. Texas punched them in the mouth, and they didn't fold, and they nope. got back in it. Yeah, but, they took the lead. But I guess the way the second half played out, and then it was just like yesterday. It was almost from from the moment that you realized like they they got punched in the mouth. I did not have any faith that they were going to get back into it. No, they were never in it um, yesterday. Uh, at SMU, like it just it, it, that plain and simple, they were never in it. Um, you know, from the opening from the opening bell, it was a it was a flat out mismatch uh, right out of the gate. And you know, going back to the North Texas thing, maybe maybe I should have identified this as sort of a sign, um, but. They made uh, Memphis made two players available after the North Texas game: uh, Nicholas Jordan and Jaquan Walton. And uh, you know, it, it was like in the traditional press conference setting. It yep. was, there was a table, there was two chairs, um, and then there was you know reporters on the other side of the table. And uh, at some point during the during the Q and A. Uh, Jaquan Walton uh, pulls out his phone and starts scrolling through his phone. Yeah, like while we're while we're talking to him um, for about thirty forty seconds, just steady scrolling through his phone. And I don't know. Looking back on it, like maybe that's maybe that was just like one of the telltale a team signs. a team that's checked out. Yeah. I mean, and and Penny made it very very clear after the game yesterday that it is not everybody on the team, and I believe him. I, I truly do believe that the majority of the team is still, you know, engaged. Uh, but I do think there are some who are not, or at the very least, not engaged enough, and. Uh, and that's just a huge problem. I mean, Penny, Penny said it plain as day. I mean, he, he, he even got rhetorical on me, and he goes, y'all saw the same game uh, we saw, right? Like, you know, he, he very clearly, um, yeah, just in, in no uncertain terms, uh, admitted that, that he's got some players who uh, have – have checked out and David Jones agreed. Um, we asked David Jones the exact same thing. And he, like he said it even more plainly and bluntly, uh, than Penny did. The question was asked, you know, Hey, Penny said that there's some players who have checked out. Do you think that's, do you think that's true? And he said, yep. So it's, uh, it, it, it really is a, just a very, it's, it's startling how, um, how 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 far this uh, season has devolved in such a short span of time? Does this team have a foundation? See, I think that's a big part of the problem. Um, if you if you do sort of pick it apart and examine it and analyze it, uh, if they do, it's not a strong one. Um, you know, if they do, it's, it's not anything that should be part of a foundation. Um, I'm trying to sit here and, and kind of go over that in my head. Um, Jeffrey, I, I, 
Because to I, me, I like, think- that, that, that actually is like, if you want to talk about what are the things that need to be corrected, like, I think that's where I begin. It's like, this, this team has no identity, and it's like, well, playing for the city. And it's like, wh- wh- what does that mean? My, my question is like, what is the team supposed to look like? What, what is the identity? And that, that's to me, like, that's where I think I would start this offseason is like, we've got to identify what a brand is and, like, wh- what we want a program to look like. And then, and then you start to fill in the pieces. Because th- to me, that, was, that is what has been so obvious during the conference portion. It's like, it, it doesn't, it, it looks like a generic fill-in-the-roster type team. Yeah, and see, that's in 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 all honesty, like that was one of the things that Penny did brilliantly. You know, he he had his first season roster, and it was what it was. But years two, three, four, and five, uh, more two, three, and four, he he very brilliantly um, established a clear identity. Like it was defense, defense, grit. We are going to we are going to hound you, uh, beginning to end, relentlessly. And you know, to a certain extent, there was some of that last year too. Um, Alex Lomax going out with an injury didn't help, but uh, but you know, you, you brought in guys like Elijah McCadden who who bought into that, and you had Chandler Lawson, who's a Memphis guy, who was bought into that. Um, even Demarie Franklin, who missed the first however many games, he got on the floor and eventually he bought into that. You know, like so. I mean, and that's what makes this season such a head scratcher. Is no matter who came through here, whether it was Landers and Ollie, or um, you know uh, Lester and Jonas, um, you know, just pick one or. Pr- Pick pretty much anyone. They they all bought into the brand and the culture and the foundation, and it was always defense. Well, this season, it seems like if there is a foundation, it is it is that the majority of the players on this roster are just concerned with scoring as many points as possible and, and letting the rest just hopefully take care of itself. And that's no way to, you know, obviously very clearly that's no way to um, approach a season. Like you, you have to do other things too. You have to rebound. You have to play defense. Um, You have to hit your free throws. Like, it is not just as simple. The game is just not as simple as, uh, you know, scoring more than the other team. Like, it's just not that simple. Behind the scenes, what do you think the conversation is about what to do this summer? I would venture to guess that they are so preoccupied that Memphis is so preoccupied with getting things figured out right now that that's not even a conversation at this point. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know that to be true. This is but true speculation. Yeah. But I would have a hard time believing that they are, you know, that, that the coaching staff slash Penny is even remotely uh, – you know, paying paying any attention to anything other than right, what's right in front of them right now, because that is kind of the most important. I mean, I guess you know you, that's debatable. I guess that's not uh, given the way things went uh, at SMU and, and North Texas. I guess debatable at this point whether the most important thing is um, trying to salvage this season and trying to position yourself you know, yourselves uh, well for the conference tournament and in hopes of getting the uh, auto bid, or if it's, you know, what are we going to do this summer to make sure this doesn't happen again? But no, I, I, I still think, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they are talking uh, amongst themselves about 
you know, what they want to do as far as who they want to, you know, what, what, what types of players they might want to go after that sort of thing. Um, but I don't know if it's any like super substantial stuff at this point. I I have to believe that they are still, uh, acutely dialed in on fixing the problems that they have right in front of them. Wrapping up here with Jason Munns, Tiger Basketball beat writer for the Commercial Appeal. Go follow him on Twitter on X at Munsley. I guess this will be kind of the last question. How surprising do you think the reality is for Penny Hardaway? Because you know he's you, you've pointed out he's mentioned he's mentioned even during the winning streak that there were cracks, but it's it's almost like when I watch him post game when he meets with y'all, it, it's even perplexing him. Yeah. Um... Yesterday was really, I think, the first time where he just kind of is uh, he, he 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 you know he like 